Welcome to the Five Star Life Show, your home for content related to education, parenting, and changing wrong mindsets so you can live a five-star life. I'm your host, Coach Seth. Let's do this. Coach Seth here, your co-host, and I'm in studio with my amazing co-host, Coach Mia. Welcome back. Thank you, Seth. How are you? I am great. I am super excited about today's show. Yeah? What's today's show about? So, you know, we just filmed another lesson. If you just tuned in, by the way, welcome to our show. I encourage you to take a moment, go to our website and check out the mission of Five Star Life. We truly are on, on a mission to change culture. And you do that by by targeting the mindset of an individual. And we've been working with kids for 18 years, really transforming kids' lives from the inside out, not slapping Band-Aids and quick fixes, but getting to their core, their mindset. And so uh, we're teaching this series on uh, how to rule your friendships, your relationships. You know, relationships are everything. Uh, it, it, you can be brilliant, you can be sharp, you can be disciplined, you can be all kinds of things, but if you can't navigate relationships, if you can't get a grip on the relationships in your life, your life will not be what it could be. You won't live a fulfilled life because we are hardwired, and we talked about this, if you just tuned in, go back and listen to the last episode because we talked about the the fact that we are, according to research, hardwired to be connected in relationships. Well, today, uh, we, we filmed a lesson for kids talking about, like, like, relationships are important, but how do you know... Um, like how to be a good friend. How do you know what a good friend looks like? And so that's what we're going to unpack. How interesting. Seth, I know you've shared this before, but um, take a quick second. And how do you come up with these topics? Uh, so it, it's research. And um, so we we actually spend a lot of time listening to schools. So I personally go to schools and I ask schools to put together a panel of students and it's kids that are like really engaged in the program. And I asked for feedback. Like, what are the things that you're going through that you wish we would talk about? What aren't we talking about? And what are the biggest challenges in your life? And we, we kind of take all of that information. And then from school to school and state to state, there are these, these themes that just rise to the surface. And then that becomes the curriculum for the next year. Now, we teach all those through the, the skills and the values that we have as an organization, right? So we're teaching them based on research and through the filter of research, but the topics are coming straight from the hearts and minds and lives of kids. And how do they ask you to about these topics? Uh, you know, they expect when I walk in, and for people listening that have never, like you, maybe you're unfamiliar with Five Star, because my face is on the screen of a video, they think I'm like LeBron James or some <laughs> celebrity. And so I walk in and they go just crazy. And so when I walk in, they're like starstruck and they're expecting me to do what I normally do 
uh, when they experience me and that's be on a video and just talk to them. But I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm coach Seth, but I'm actually not here to talk to you. I'm actually here to listen to you. So I want you to give me your feedback. So talk to me about what you loved about five star, what you learned, what's been the most helpful, because I want to keep teaching that. And then how can we make that better? And then what are, what are the challenges and the struggles and issues that you or your peers, you give them an out because it's always easy to talk about somebody else, are going through? And then they just start spouting off. And one of the big themes was relationships, just drama, like how to make friends, how to keep friends, how to know if a person is a good friend, um, how to get out of the drama, but yet not be isolated and alone. These are all things that they asked for. So we're teaching it. You know, as you say drama, I'm thinking, gosh, it seems like there's drama in every relationship now. But then I think back and I mean, there was always drama. <laughs> always. Yeah, there is always drama. It's just been really heightened. I think it's been brought to our attention because of social media. It's I think it's more heightened just because it's at our fingertips. You used to be able to kind of walk away from it and get away from it. But now the you know, if you're on social media and there's drama, uh, that follows you and then other people are peeking in on it where there was at least a little bit of, of privacy before, <laughs> right? Now uh, they see an argument on social media. Everybody knows it. So then it follows you around. I think back to when I was in high school, I had a big falling out with my one of my girlfriends. I, to this day, I don't, couldn't tell you what it was at, but it was so dramatic and I was traumatized about it. <laughs> and I think of what if we had social media? How awful that would have been to just be exposed. To be exposed. And then it's not just like the meanness of people jumping on sides but it is then the the looks, the stares, and then it's the insecurity of not knowing who knows and what they're saying. It's just that weird mind game stuff that, that comes with that territory. So how did you go about this lesson? So, you know, I had a wise friend of mine tell me, uh, Seth, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Um, what that means is if I could spend a few minutes with your closest friends talking to kids or adults. If I could, if I could just see who your closest friends are, I could tell you where your life is going to go, right? Because research makes it very clear that the people that we surround ourselves with in close proximity and trusting relationships, they influence us. The more time we spend with them, the more we become like them. Right? Mm -hmm. So the question becomes like those people that we're surrounded by, are they good friends? Well, first, we'd have to define what is like the word friend is thrown out so much. What does it mean to be a friend? Well, I looked up the root word and it's of Germanic origin and it simply means the word friend simply means to love. That simple? Interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so love, I mean, now we're getting complicated. We're talking about friendship and now we're talking about love. Now it's getting really complicated because I love chocolate chip cookies. I love my dad's smoked brisket. I love my mom. She makes, she takes the brisket and makes these baked beans. They're just to die for. I love your, uh, your Lincoln aviator, white outside, uh, tan interior. I mean, I love that. Um, there's a lot of things I love, but what does love mean in the context of relationships? 
Like, what does that look like? And so, uh, I mean, I love basketball. So, so it's important that we kind of break down for kids and adults, what are the kind of the love traits of a good friend? What are, what are the love traits? And the first love trait of a good friend is a good friend, they love you back. So, so if I enjoy being around someone, but they don't enjoy being around me, they, they don't love you back. That's not a good friend, right? So, so, so it, it's this idea of, of if a person, if I'm always calling, texting, checking in on, helping, serving, looking out for, but they're not reaching out, connecting, loving, serving back, there, there's not love there. Did you define love in this this lesson too? Because I, I think that's a that kind of threw me that that was the definition of friend. Yeah. So it, it, love, I, we didn't define it because we have limited limited time. But what we what we what we basically talked about was like like a good friend will love you back. I think the the idea of love is so simple it kind of purifies friendship and love. Kind of like the acts of love. Yeah. So 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 when you think about a person loving you back, you got to ask yourself, um, do, do the people I surround myself with, do they, do they love me back or is the relationship one-sided? If it's one-sided, you may find that you have a person that, that they don't really fit the definition of a friend, right? Mm-hmm. So interesting. A good friend is a good friend because they're a good friend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Just processing all right? this, yeah. A good yeah. friend is a good friend because they're a good friend. Mm-hmm. And in other words, um, they are they, they they're not involved in a one sided relationship. Do you think like what age do you think kids are able to grasp this concept? I think kids can grasp this pretty young. Kids are pretty intuitive. They can tell if someone uh, shares their toys or doesn't share their toys, right? So at a young age, kids are able to learn and look and see like, okay, they never share their toys. That's how they are. So you have to start making some decisions. Is that the type of person I really want to spend a lot of time around? Doesn't mean I'm not going to be nice, but am I going to consider them to be one of my close friends? Probably not. I'm nice to everyone, but they're not truly a friend. Mm -hmm. They're not friend material. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that's good. Kids get that. But if you don't teach them, they don't understand how to process it. And they can spend, and like adults, they become adults that spend their lives in relationships with people that are not friends. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back with more after this. Did you know that you can bring the values, lessons, and mindsets Coach Seth discusses on the 5 Star Life podcast to your local community? Schools are searching for programs and content that work. Just a simple introduction to your teacher or principal could be a game changer in your community. Inquire at 5starlife.org and someone from our team will be in touch. So 
we were just talking about like at what age you felt like kids could grasp this concept of what a good friend is, like where this love enters into the relationships. Definitely grade school. I mean, kids are, they're learning to become social. They're naturally social. So they can understand this at a young age and they're trying to figure out like, okay, why, why is this person uh, not nice to me? Why does this person share? Why is this person not picking me for the team? They're, try, they're trying to make sense of all this stuff. I mean, you talk to moms and dads, this is the stuff that kids come home and talk about. And I think kids are probably better at this than adults because they truly go back again and again trying to figure out, like, why won't they, you know, reciprocate these feelings? Yeah. And it's super helpful as a parent to say, well, it's called friendship, right? You have these acquaintances. You have these people that you do life with, right? You have to go to school. You have to interact. You have to be social with all of these people, you have to learn how to get along with these people. But then there's going to be certain people that become real friends. And, you know, you want to teach, like we teach our kids to, to love everybody, to be kind to everybody, right? But we don't, we never taught our kids to be friends with everybody. So be very careful who you become friends with. Don't be careful who you're nice to. That's where prejudice and racism and all that nasty stuff comes in that nobody wants anything to do with. But choosing your friends, now that's a big deal. Again, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Friendships are a big deal. So we start by, you know, really talking about the love traits. So a, a true friend loves you back. A friend, Germanic origin, means to love. So the first step in knowing if someone's a good friend is they love you back. Obviously, if you think somebody might be a friend, that means you have interest in them being your friend, right? Let's just go with that assumption. So so a good friend loves you back. They reciprocate. Step two, the second love trait, is a good friend brings out the best in you. That's what good friends do. That's what love does. Love brings out the best. It loves, it serves, it pushes, it challenges, it makes you better. Because when you when you truly value someone and you love someone, you it's not that it's not that I idolize you, Mia, but I think you're amazing. I think you're I think you're really special. So it, it's just natural that I want to help you, push you, become the person I see you as. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what love does. That's what a good friend does. So I have a lot of kids that say, Coach Seth. I have this friend that like they're gossiping about me. They're talking behind my back or coach Seth, like this person just, I don't know what's going on. They're acting weird. They're playing these games. And well, according to our definition of what a friend is, that person probably was never your friend. If you'd look closely at their patterns, I mean, were, were they ever truly reciprocating? Did they ever love you back? Gosh, I just, I mean, I think that's so hard for kids to to grasp. So do we walk them through? Are there like steps or 
Well, I, I think there's things that are kind of black and white. Now, everybody, like as kids, your friends mess up. But it's how do they deal with it? Maybe they didn't share. Maybe they did lie. Or maybe they got jealous. Or maybe whatever happened. So, so that stuff happens. But if you discuss it and say, man, this happened, I'm really sorry. Well, that's part of being human, right? But what we're talking about here is patterns. If they, they don't make you better, if, if these, are, these are wannabe friends. We're talking about patterns, not talking about one-offs, right? And kids understand that. They understand patterns like they never share. Got it. Okay. They never help. They don't ever show that they really care unless they want something. So was that really them uh, truly trying to help or were they trying to help themselves? So you're teaching kids how to look for these traits, these love traits of friendship. What's another love trait? Well, we we stuck with two for this lesson. Okay. I was not at this filming, so That's, I'm learning no, with the, all of you. There there's several traits, but we, we try to keep it super simple. And if you can get kids to wrap their mind around, uh, first love trait is they'll love you back. Mm-hmm. Second one is they bring out the best in you. That is enough to build a lot on, right? And there's others that kind of trickle down from there. Um, but, you know, I call these, these wannabe friends that don't have those traits that are haters or maybe they get jealous or they gossip behind your back or you're and as adults, you're like, is that person really for me or not? I mean, time will tell. Sometimes it takes a little time for you to see what they're about. But I call them, these people have the crab mentality. So the story about this, this boy who walked down to the pier to go fishing. And as he's walking out on the pier, he passes a fisherman who's got this bucket filled with crabs. He can't help but notice, and the guy's back is turned to him, that this bucket is just crawling with crabs. And he notices there's one just about ready to break free. It's on the edge. And he's like, sir, you're crabs. They're, they're, they're about to get loose. This fisherman doesn't even flinch, doesn't even move. and said, no, they're not going anywhere. So the little boy pauses and looks. And that thing is getting really close to the top. It gets to the very top. It's just about to launch over the top to freedom when just at the last second, another crab within that bucket reaches up, snatches it, pulls him back into the bucket. He watched for a few minutes as this repeated itself time after time. This is exactly what wannabe friends do. This is how you know if you have a true friendship or if you have a, a wannabe friend. There, there are these people in our lives that allow jealousy, backbiting, whatever it is, to, to hold them back from being a good friend. And they don't want you, they don't want to bring out the best, they, they want to keep you at the same level as them. Right? Yeah. They're, they're those type of people. And so learning how to handle those situations and people like that and ultimately just know what they are. I'm thinking as like a parent over the years, you can kind of watch your children navigate, you know, friendships and they're, they're always, not, not they're always, but I've seen a couple of times that they're drawn to like, if they're at a low part point in their life, like they're not doing well with grades, they gravitate towards the kids that aren't, you know, as 
they don't have the greatest grades, let's put it that way. <laughs> and, and it's hard as a parent because you can see what your child's doing, but how do you kind of navigate them back? It, it, it's, it's very interesting. That's a good question. So, so you're asking when, you, when your kids gravitate towards kids that maybe aren't good friends, mm-hmm. what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Well, th- there's this thing called leadership. And, and there's layers of leadership and there's layers of friendship. And this lesson is kind of laser focused on trying to help kids choose what I refer to as who you're going to have in your foxhole. So we're not trying to teach kids to, to put at arm's length and, and be distant from kids that aren't as good as you. That sounds like elitist and that's not what we're talking about. It, but the people that you, the, the two or three closest friends you have, make sure who you're spending lots of time with because they will rub off on you, right? Now, does that mean you shouldn't invite some other kids outside the circle to be a part of things? And, and you're going to see which way do they want to go. Do they want to be more like you? Do they want to be more like this friend group or do they want to go a different direction? It's, a, it's important in parents have to think about that. What kind of environments they put their kids in because their kids can get sucked into a, a, an abyss in a hurry. Does that answer your question or not? It does. And I guess I'm, I think it, it goes back to your second um, point about love. It's like, do they really, or do they let you be the best you? And when you're not feeling your best, it's kind of you gravitate to people that aren't going to hold you you know, to that right. same standard. I yeah. guess that's where I've watched my girls is like, if they were struggling in an area, they kind of just start hanging around kids that were struggling too. Yes. And that's, and the, you know, yes. it's not being an elitist. It's, you know, it's like, how do you navigate through that? Because that's not a great, like, unless you bring them up to, you know, the level where you know you can be. We got a break, but we'll talk about that when we come back. Five Star Life is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to changing the face of culture by changing kids' mindsets. Since 2005, we've impacted hundreds of thousands of lives thanks to the generous support of individuals, small businesses, corporations, and foundations. Are you interested in helping Five Star Life grow into all 50 states? With your donation or introduction, you can help bring Five Star Life to your community, school, and state. Go to fivestarlife.org and send us an email today. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-L-I-F-E dot O-R-G. So just before the break, Mia, you asked, you know, so, so what do you suggest or how do you handle when your kids are kind of settling? They're, they're finding friends maybe that aren't, aren't people that love them back uh, they may be fun to hang out with, but maybe they don't bring out the best in them. They're not challenging them and pushing them, but it's more like they kind of can settle into a comfort zone together. They're at the same level and they're comfortable there. That That is a great conversation to have as a family. I mean, that's a great conversation because ultimately the question becomes like, you're comfortable. Are you growing? Where do you want to go? And um, y- you have 
friends and you want to accept those friends, if they're, if they're settling in a bad way, like it's because their grades are terrible or because their attitudes are terrible and they're comfortable, that's one conversation. Like, why are you attracted to those people? Because again, we're defining friendship. It's, it's someone who loves you back. And then the balancing effect of that is uh, they make you better. So loving you back is not loving you back if they're not making you better, right? Mm-hmm. So they're supposed to make you better. They're supposed to encourage you and challenge you. And so, you know, ultimately when, when we as human beings, if we're, if our sights are set on living a five-star life, this is me assuming kids want to live a five-star life. Uh, and they're trying to apply the stuff we're talking about. They're, they're, they're trying to set goals, dream, move forward academically, behaviorally in their mindset. Well, there, there will be some people in your life that are not on that plan. It's, it's just too uncomfortable. And they'll, they'll try to pull you down. And this can be really shocking because these are people often, as adults, these can be family members. These can be people we thought were friends that they now look at you and say, what, what do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? I mean, this is this happens for kids, but adults even more so. When you're in middle aged or, or or older, and you start changing and growing, this is when the people this is when it gets real, and you find out who your real friends are. Because either they're going to say, "Oh my gosh, that is so cool what you're doing." Well, you've got a good friend. They may not want to go with you but they're still a good friend because they're supporting you. That's a good thing. It doesn't mean that they have to do all the same things that you do, but they're supporting you. They believe in you. That's the key. Have you always gotten this concept or have you had to learn this over the years with friends? Um, no, I, I had to uh, learn this. This is stuff that... Um, my parents did a really good job of, t- of breaking things down and talking about it. So I had to learn this. Um, actually, it was like upper grade school that we first, like I first had these conversations with the parents because this is how it happened. I would, I would go away to a friend's house and I'd come back different. And my parents would just ask me questions. because said, come back with this attitude or whatever. And this happened to be a, a good friend, right? So sometimes there can be this transition phase where th- you're figuring out how good of a friend they are, but y- you have to learn like what's good about this person for me and what's what do I need to be aware of that maybe is not for me in this relationship, right? Because mm-hmm. I had a friend that, shoot, you're all growing up. You're all trying to learn. So, so there's some traits in his life that they just had to point out and say, what do you think about that? Because as a kid, sometimes you don't even notice some of the things that you're picking up. But they would point them out and I'd think, Ooh, yeah, I don't want to do that. And so it wasn't necessarily um, Xing out every friendship if they weren't perfect because you'd have no friends. Right? Right, yeah. But it was dialoguing about it and saying, hey, do you want this trait in your life? Because this is how you're acting based off of just where you've been. Now, when you had those conversations, were you able to kind of redirect and pivot or? 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't like it. I didn't like what I was hearing, mm-hmm. but I knew it was true. So then, yeah, you, you just are aware of the person you're becoming. And that was a way that I could still have friends, but then not pick up some of their negative traits, right? Mm-hmm. So, but as I got older, the older you get, the more I had to separate. Like I literally had to separate from some of these people because they're, this gets a little tricky. I'm not trying to convolute what I'm saying, but when you have friends and they have attitudes, like you just know they have this attitude, but you love them anyways. They're not perfect because I'm sure I have some attitudes that they, they see, but they still are friends with me. So you overlook some of these traits, right? You overlook some of them, but you're aware of them so you don't catch them like a cold. But as you get older and they start going down harder paths and forming more habits that you know you don't want to form, that if you spend time with them, you're going to know like, okay, I've got to distance myself a little bit because this is too much for me. Does that make sense? Is that, am I convoluting it? No, I think it makes sense. Um, you know, I, I was just thinking of friendships that, I mean, I think you have them too, uh, for the, we had when we were in grade school. And you had to walk through all the, you know, uh, all the different phases of that. And even as we got older, people went different paths. But it's like to this day, I still, and I'll call them friends because they love me. Yes. And they do make me better. Yeah. But we may not speak for six months to a year and we can, you know, pick up where mm-hmm. we left off. So yeah. I guess as you get older, it's easier to see these traits, you know, and really who loves you. And there's some of those friends that I didn't... Th- at, at the moment, I mean, you, you make some bad decisions when you're young because you're trying to figure it out. And so I had some friends do some things to me. I did some things to them that was pretty bad, <laughs> right? We were both bad friends for moments. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you get through those things and you find out who is willing to fight through those things and who continues to fight for you. And those become the friendships that can last 30, 40 years. Which is pretty cool. It is. But I think times are different because also we grew up in the same, you know, neighborhood, went Mm -hmm. to the same school for, you know, 12 years. I went to the same school with kids. So it's different now. And I, you know, so I think it is harder for kids to navigate. It it is different. Like my, none of my kids grew up the way I did. Like they didn't grow up like in a neighborhood necessarily going to the same school, elementary, middle school, high school. So it's, it's, it is very different. Mm-hmm. You, they're not like walking through four years, all of these friendships. They're kind of find friends in sports and then some at school. And then, you know, at middle school, it changes. Everybody goes to different middle schools. And so it's, it's, it's a very different world we live in, but they're still having to navigate those things in some way. Do you think they have to nav- navigate quicker than we did? Um, I think, I think my kids, in some ways, they they've been saved from the from some of the depth nitty gritty stuff because they didn't spend as much time. Like again, back in the day, I grew up. I was outside. I was with my friends all day, especially in the summer. Like I, I don't even. I can't remember my like what my parents did all summer. <laughs> like well, where were they? <laughs> My mom's listening. I'm sure mom would have another story, yeah. but but in my world, I'm like, what did my parents do all summer? I was with my friends, you know? And so it's a different world because it was a different day. It felt safer. And so you're just, 
gone a lot. Mm-hmm. So you, there's a lot more social interaction, a different level of it, I think, compared to most kids today. So some of that's good and some of that may be bad. I think we're probably Generation X. We probably socially understand things so differently just because of how we grew up. In this lesson, did you bring in um, social media at all? No, we didn't hit that at all. No. Um, <laughs> but that's a part of it. Yeah. That's for sure. It's almost like the third friend <laughs> in the relationship. Yeah. And then your social media friend. Yeah. <laughs> so talk a little bit more about this lesson. What else was well, unpacked? Uh, I mean, in a nutshell, you have the love traits. Um, do they love you back? And do they bring out the best in you? And ultimately, it, true friends, they totally celebrate you. They push you. They want to make you better. And we're at, uh, we're at a break, so we're going to come back and wrap this up. Five Star Life offers year-round programs for kids at our 350-acre training facility that we call Summit. These programs focus on three core components. First, each program includes lessons from our curriculum that targets kids' mindset. Secondly, each program teaches a skill like equine, archery, blacksmithing, basketball, fishing, boating, and many more. Thirdly, our programs connect kids to mentors we call coaches who are trained to help kids live a five-star life. Go to fivestarlife.org to learn more or sign up your kids. So we're talking about friendship, how to rule your friendship. And, uh, you know, this idea of helping kids understand that there are certain love traits that fit within friendship, that they can start to understand how to, how to select good friends. Like if you're thinking about, you know, friendships from this lens that the people you surround yourself, the top two or three people you surround yourself with, they're going to heavily influence your life. And this is the beauty of friendship. You want them to heavily influence your life. That's part of friendship. Like, who do you want to be influenced by? It's a beautiful thing. And so the, the test is this. Do they love you back? And do they bring out the best in you? And so then we, we wrapped up this whole lesson just talking to kids saying, listen, um, we've talked about these traits. Now, how many of these traits do you actually live by? Are you a good friend? Because... To, to to actually be in the game and the hunt to have good friends, you have to be a good friend. I think that is such an incredible lesson right there. Is and, and most people don't get that. They and you know it goes back to they're not really your friend when it's one sided, but you know, and they also I also was thinking about like when you're younger, you think, Oh my gosh, I need like twenty friends. And and you don't. No. You can really find one great friend, two, maybe three that fit that, man, you are set. And so it's so simple. You reap what you sow. And that's simple principle. So if you want to, if there's somebody you think is friend material, then you have to love them back and you have to bring out the best in them. That means you have to see them, you have to see their potential. You have to listen to them. You have to understand them. You, you, have to, you have to see them in the right lens. Then you can be a good friend. But what we have today is we have a lot of wannabe friends. We have people that they're attracted to something about someone because they want something from them. 
right? I, 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 I need a friend. I need attention. I need somebody to listen to me. I need to be supported. I need somebody that's going to be a friend to me. If that's what you're in the game for, you need to take a hard look in the mirror and look through those love traits and, and think about that. You think about why certain families, within families, there are true friends within families. Why does that happen? Does that happen accidentally or does that happen intentionally? It never happens accidentally. It's because someone at the top of that family, somebody within that family is very intentional about setting a tone of friendship. And then someone reciprocates. And another person reciprocates. And whoever does, you find that that family becomes close-knit. That's how you create a family legacy. Because someone invests. And then there's other families where they are, they're civil, but they're acquaintances. And am I judging uh, which one that, uh, you know, which one's better? All I'm saying is there are reasons for why we have family dynamics that we would do. And why some of it's just a relationship and some have friendships. And the fun thing is we get to choose to influence that. I can't, I can't make my dad or my mom be my friend. Can't, right? I can't make my sons be my friend. I'm their dad. But I, I, I tell you what, I definitely make it my goal to make sure that I bring out the best in them and that I'm loving them back in the way that they can understand, a way that relates to them. Because someday, guess what? Right now, I'm in, they're, in te- they're teenagers. So I'm trying to be the dad, right? I'm not necessarily trying to be their, their, their buddy. But my goal is I'm parenting so that someday we, we can have a friendship. Right now, it's, it's, it's still teenage discipline. There's still some of that, right? Mm-hmm. But the goal is that, man, they, they, we have a relationship. So you can think about this in terms of family groups. You can think about this in social groups. And it works both ways. It's pretty cool. And I think with families that, because uh, we're, we're friends and I love it. Um, they're all older, so it's easier to be friends. But it, you know what? At the same point, we put a lot of work in it. You know what? We still step on each other's toes and we have to work through that. Just like a true friendship. You don't get a pass just because you're family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good thing. What did you guys do to invest? Because you guys are, te- you know, 10 years, 15 years ahead of us. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I learned for Jim and I mean, I don't I just guess I was consistent. Like I always enjoyed the friend part of the girls. Uh, Jim, like with the son-in-laws and with the girls as they got, he like found things that as they grew, like what were they interested in? Mm-hmm. So then he became interested in that and they they share that. Mm-hmm. So that that's cool. And we were constantly, we're very intentional too, you know, constantly trying to create a new tradition or just something fun as we mm-hmm. add grandkids. So, yeah. So, so it's, again, it goes back to t- trying to bring out the best in people mm-hmm. and trying to be intentional about connecting and you can't force people to reciprocate, but man, I tell you what, when people are loving and kind because of the way we're wired, you're sure drawn to that. And then 
you, you take cues and you're influenced by that and then you start giving it back. It's, it, it is very natural, right? It's, it's actually more unusual than, than the norm to reciprocate. Mm-hmm. I think the other fun part too, as you get older, is you instill this in your children and then you see it in your grandchildren, um, which is really great for us. Mm-hmm. But they're learning, you know, how to be friends and how to make friends and see the good in people. And that's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. Our, our sons, one of the cool things, our sons have been best friends all through childhood. It's, it's one of those neat things that they just, yeah, they fight and they argue, but, but they love being together, they would which take is a bullet. special. They would take a bullet yeah. for each other. That, that's, that's fun. They've got some of that friendship down. So, so again, to, to, as we wrap this to a close, um, when you think about kids, there, there's so many kids I've watched uh, get lulled into negative friendships without knowing it. People that don't believe in them, people that um, are just using them, and they're unaware of it. And th- this is a part of uh, of why we designed this lesson from so many kids, like being like, well, how, how come these people are mean to me? How come? Well, it's because they're not ready for you. They might be a good friend in a year, but they're not a good friend right now. So, so it's important to look at this filter and start thinking about who you're going to surround yourself with. This wasn't necessarily meant to be a, a lesson where they start cutting people out of their life. Like I, I make a joke in the lesson. I'm like, so what if you find that, you know, you're in relationships with people that are one-sided like just dramatically unfriend them right now. No. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> but you might want to start to gravitate towards people that actually like you <laughs> and that show it. Mm-hmm. And they're there. And that are there for you. Yeah. V- very simple stuff. I, I want to wrap this, uh, this show up by reminding people that we have been working for a few years now on our Five Star Life app. We are so excited about this and um, it is, it's, you know, it's a new year and we're very close to launching this app. If you are interested in being one of the first to download this app and use it for yourself, for your kids as a family, uh, really want to encourage you to go to fivestarlife.org right now. Check it out on our site. We'll have a spot for you to to, uh, to get more information. You can hit the contact us, us button and, and just l- let us know. We'd love to put you on a list to make sure you're the first to, uh, to get access to it. But we should be coming out with announcements very shortly with some release dates. We're super excited about that. It's going to be a way for you to go through this curriculum um, with your kids on a consistent basis. That's good. And also share our social media. Since we're talking about friends, go friend us. Yes. Follow us on, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. So five star life. It's pretty simple. At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities.